Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Matt D. Fothery, Lee Boyd, and Rob Beller. Hey, Podcast World. Welcome to 2021 our first episode of the new year. It is at FNO InsureTech and the FNO InsureTech guys back with you once again. I am Rob Beller coming to you from California and we're joined by our co-host, Mr. Lee Boyd. Hi everybody. You Who's know, coming? Yeah. you know, Rob, this is our, this is our first podcast to to record in 2021 so yeah i just want everyone to know this is being recorded <laughs> you know the yeah where there's a delay it's like, it's like it's like groundhog day somebody turned on the podcast and goes what New there's year? a delay what sometimes we, sometimes we get a little stacked up with episodes it's true mm-hmm. well there's just so much exciting content there 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 is so much exciting content that is absolutely true in fact we have exciting content today. Yeah. Would you like yeah. to hear about it? Do you want me to I, tell you about it? Why don't you give me just a little slice, just a little bit, so that so that I, I can know what we're talking about today. They asked for this. They <laughs> asked for this by naming their company Pi. I agree. We, we have Pi Insurance, Dax Craig, and John Swigert, the co-founders of Pi Insurance. You want to take a bite out of this? and uh, I would like to say this is the first name of a food. Like we've had a lot of animals on, right? We've had a lot of InsureTech animals on. That's so true. This is the first InsureTech food. And, uh-huh. uh, and it's great, right? It's a great company to get to talk about today. Uh, they're really changing the way that small businesses get insurance, especially workers' comp. And they're using data analytics. They're using... Uh, interesting marketing. They're using all sorts of ways to really change the landscape for uh, selling insurance to, to, to the companies. So I'm excited and to get to talk to these guys. Both Dax and John are young men who are insurance industry veterans and kind of technology slanted veterans. And they've combined all that together into a new enterprise, but it's making a lot of waves, a lot of noise, and has been on several lists of, you know, like top 100 insurtechs. Yeah. In fact, I think John was on a top 25 list just recently. Yeah. Yeah. So these are influential people who are super bright and have a great concept that they are executing with great success and also have caught the eyes of the capital markets and have been very successful in raising capital for their enterprise. And so we're going to hear all about that today. Yeah. What do you think of that? Does it make you hungry? Does it, it make does. You hungry? It does. I think, I think we should share this, this pie with everyone. Does it make you hungry for knowledge? Hungry for knowledge. Yes. I have a sweet tooth for knowledge. Oh my gosh. Without further ado, we're going to move on to our interview with Dax Craig and John Swigert, co-founders of Pi Insurance. 
Hey, everybody. We are here with our guests. We have two guests today, which is always more fun, twice as fun as one guest. We have the co-founders of Pi Insurance joining us on the podcast today, CEO and co-founder John Swigert and President Dax Craig. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue in 2021 to more or less shelter in place here. Where are you talking to us today from? This is John. I live in McLean, Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C., which is becoming a more and more notorious location these days. Yeah. Hot we actually have two offices. One of them is in downtown Washington, D.C., and then we have an office in Denver. It's actually our larger office. Dax lives in Denver. From the beginning, actually had two offices. Let's jump right in and talk about Pi. Give us a minute or two on what Pi Insurance is, what you guys do, and then we'll dig into the specifics and how it all happened. Yeah, so I'll just give a quick overview and then uh, turn it over to Dax for kind of the origin story a bit because really Pi exists because it was originally Dax's idea. So we are a small business-focused commercial insurer. We sell workers' compensation today. We are a full-stack MGA technically today, meaning we don't take any of the risk ourselves, but we do do all the pricing, underwriting, full management of the overall insurance program. We're almost national. We're in 37 states. We founded the business in May of 2017, started selling policies in late March of 2018, have been growing very, very strongly. We distribute directly to small businesses as well as through traditional agencies and, and wholesale brokers and brokerages. We're expanding into more channel partnerships and relationships with payroll companies, with small business fintech technology platforms. Those will be a big piece of our 2021 growth. The core fundamental value proposition for Pi is that we are much easier to use, both from the customer and the agent's perspective. We have a broad underwriting appetite. We have one of the broadest underwriting appetites of all private work comp insurers. And we deliver value by being able to algorithmically price and therefore offer more risk match specific pricing into the market. Underwriting and pricing is a core tenant of what we do. That's where we apply the technology and the technology solutions first. We've, as I said, had very strong growth at very quality underwriting results. But in terms of how the business came together, I'll turn that over to Dax because it comes out of his, his background. Great. Yeah, thanks, John. So it's important to understand where I came from. I co-founded and led a company called Valon Analytics for these 13 years. Valon was a predictive analytics company that built contributory data assets that we would leverage to help primarily commercial insurance companies price and underwrite better. And in, in working with a lot of work comp companies, a lot of small commercial companies, I uh, saw a real opportunity to do things differently in every way, shape, and form, to think differently and to bring technology to the commercial insurance industry that they were slow to adopt. If you've ever been inside a, a commercial lines carrier, you'll know what I'm talking about, but it's shocking to most people how antiquated the technology is. And it really hinders carriers in, in ways that are quite profound. It makes it very difficult for them to leverage analytics in an appropriate way. And they also have you know, a lot of people that have been in the industry 20, 30 years and are, are reluctant to change. Uh, so even the companies that we worked with, uh, and we worked with you know, a lot of companies you would know, 
had a challenging time adopting the analytics and, and it was just an advisory, if you will, that an underwriter might use in the context of, of underwriting a risk. And so we, me in particular, got very frustrated by that. There's just a lot of opportunity. And we also saw in the data that small businesses were pretty much ignored. They just didn't have the technology, frankly, to, to really understand what small businesses were doing, the real risk profiles of small businesses. Uh, and it was expensive to work with small businesses. So a $1,000 commercial account is really hard for most carriers to make money on. The underwriting costs are just too high. And so many of our customers had a $10,000 floor, wouldn't even work with companies below 10,000 in premium. Well, there's a whole bunch of companies that are under 10,000 in premium. And agencies also had a hard time working in small business because the back and forth between the carriers, all the, the rigmarole that they would have to go through made it not worth it to work with a thousand or $2,000 account. And right. so you got this, this huge population of businesses that end up in pools, end up with uh, state funds, things like that, and get overcharged as a result. And so uh, crafted a, a way to, to build an insurance company that could take advantage of that opportunity and help these small businesses where many of them need it most. As, as you know, work comp is an incredibly expensive item for small businesses that are in the trades, construction, those kind it, it can be 20, 30% of payroll. And so it matters. Wow. So whenever you started Pi, what was the foundational building blocks you wanted to start with to separate yourself from the competition that's out there? What did you learn from your past experience that you really wanted to, to change? Was it building upon the, the analytics, making it easy to purchase? What were you really looking to do there? Yes, <laughs> all of those, but primarily the analytics. We believed that we could use analytics to actually serve these small businesses in a much better way easier for agents, easier for the small businesses. And as a result, we could really drive down cost, price them more appropriately than they were being priced in the marketplace. It really started with the analytics and then we built from there. Yeah. So what I would add to that, I spent 13 years at eSurance from 2000 until 2013, CFO for three years and chief marketing officer for 10. And so all of my experience was personal auto insurance. And I actually had not a lot of context and knowledge about how commercial insurance sort of was structured. I just assumed, presumed that it would look similar to how personal lines and personal auto insurance. And so it actually took me a number of months in the early days of working with DAX and talking to DAX about the opportunity to really comprehend how far behind the commercial industry is from the personal auto industry in terms of sophistication, and application of analytics and pricing. Personal auto pricing is very, very refined, data science-driven approach where commercial insurance, workers' compensation insurance, there are still most policies at most companies are the application is reviewed by an individual human being underwriter who is making an individual policy-by-policy policy eligibility and pricing decision. And that is just not 
scalable, it's not efficient, it does not deliver the best answers at the small end of the of the world. You can do that at a large account where you're sort of doing account-based underwriting. You have loss history, that account has multiple losses a year, those things actually that does work. But in a small business sector, maybe a business has just been founded, maybe uh, they haven't had losses ever. Does that mean you should give them free insurance? Like, I mean, it, mm -hmm. so this notion of applying data analytics just at scale, the commercial insurance industry is just is just dramatically behind uh, the, the personal line side. And that was just shocking to me. And so that's fundamentally where our core differentiated applies. Every single application that comes in is algorithmically evaluated and assessed such that we can leverage the schedule rating infrastructure of commercial insurance to specifically price uh, and underwrite that that individual policy. The small commercial segment of the market is very interesting. We've had on others, we had on Bold Penguin not too long ago. I think that others like yourselves have seen that there's tremendous opportunity here for a technology solution. Is that kind of what you're saying is, is that you saw this antiquated segment that wasn't appropriately served and that was a problem that, that could be an opportunity? Absolutely. I mean, small businesses, they are not consumers, right? The, the, the data ecosystem for small businesses is not as developed as in personal lines. They are, yet they, they are also not sort of enterprises, right? And so you, you can apply technology, you can apply data science, you can evaluate portfolios, you can price and underwrite algorithmically, and it's just largely not being done. There are different companies serving different parts of the small business you know, network. Pi is, is more similar in, in sort of structure and what we're serving to a Next or a Byberk. You know, Hiscox is a, is a part of a larger company and so forth, but we're all selling our own insurance where you have Bold Penguin as a technology platform that's facilitating a marketplace. You have Cover Wallet, CoverHound, Insurion and Broker and so forth that are more agency type models that are sort of bringing together multiple carriers from the traditional world and serving and trying to serve into different aspects of the digital distribution ecosystem. It's also different in that there, there is a nascent to negligent to non-existent direct distribution world in small commercial today. I think that's going to change pretty rapidly over time, but there is very, very little direct distribution of commercial insurance today just because it's not available. And therefore, if you have a small business, you most likely have an agent, an insurance agent who's helping you with your insurance. And frankly, that's why from the beginning, we've done both. We've been multi-channel. We, we sell directly to small businesses as well as through traditional agents and brokers. Yeah. And that was the question I was going to ask is, what did you think you were going to be at the beginning? Was it always designed to sell straight to consumers and through agencies? Or did that veer one way or, or another whenever you actually got into it? It's always been designed that way from the beginning. So my background from insurance, we were almost all direct, especially when I left in 2013. But we did sell through sort of digital online agencies and aggregators, uh, more so in our early days than we did in our latter days. But at Pi, we just saw the market, the direct market wasn't there. One of the key elements of building an insured tech business is you have to scale very rapidly. And um, in order for us to scale at the pace that we need to be able to do so, we knew we were going to have to work with agents and, and wholesale brokers and so forth. And frankly, 
that part of the ecosystem we think is not as broken, is not as sort of needing change as the insurance company side of it. And so we're, we're thrilled to work with agents and, and agency channels and deliver real value to them so that they can deliver that value onto their small business customers. We're talking a lot about workers' comp, uh, but on your website, it appears as though you can buy other insurances that are associated with small companies. Is that right? That is correct. We have some relationships where you can click on a progressive as an example. Oh, okay. If you're at a website, but our internal agents can also help find insurance. We, we want to be solution providers to the small business community, just like our agency partners are. And right. small businesses that come to us started asking for, can you help me with general liability? Can you help me with a commercial auto policy? Uh, we really like what what's going on here. And so uh, we've started partnering with other digital brokers and uh, wholesalers, as well as uh, insurance carriers to, uh, to help those clients out. That makes total sense. You know, I, I do have to ask, why workers' comp? What was it about this market that you decided workers' comp was where you were going to focus? So it starts with data. We have, you know, unique access to a data set that allowed us to get into the market in a, in a way that was smart. So that that's the first reason. And it really got us into a place where we didn't have to burn our way in or learn our way in yeah. as some other insure techs have had to do. Sure. Uh, so that was really important for us. Uh, secondarily, no matter how small you are, if you have one employee as a business, you have to have it, right? It's statutory in most states. And so that helps a growing InsurTech business uh, pretty significantly. We don't have to convince them to buy workers' comp insurance. Or they come looking for you. Yeah. Exactly. And it is often the only line of business that companies that are very small have, and they need help. Yeah, it's turned out to be a tremendous beachhead product for us. So as we look to sort of think about expanding beyond workers' comp, which has always also been part of sort of the, the, the long-term strategy, workers' comp is just a tremendous entry point because it's required, because it's substantial. It's often the lead product in the portfolio. The last thing I would add is there's pretty you know significant unit economics inside this line of business all by itself. We have probably the highest average premium of any insure tech that's not like a mid-market focused cyber company or something like that. We're about $8,000 per customer average premium. So there's enough there there to sort of build the business uh, and enough uh, economic stream coming off of that to fund growth on revenue as well as, uh, as well as investor dollars. Right. We see that you guys have had a good track record in the capital market raising money. Your most recent round is kind of a, you know, opened my eyes. Congratulations on that. That's a, an enormous amount and validation by the market. Yeah. So that was back in May. That was like in the depths of COVID. So obviously we've been working on that pre-COVID and kudos to our investors and partners for continuing to see the long-term value in the business. That round was focused on raising money to support our move into the balance sheet side of the of the business as most of the sort of larger insure tech businesses that either started as MGAs or started as carriers recognize is that from an existential standpoint and from a sort of 
long-term standpoint, you have to control your own destiny. You have to own your own balance sheets for policy issuance. So you saw Hippo uh, bought Spinnaker, uh, Lemonade, and Root started with their own carriers. Next has a carrier. We, again, always planned on doing that from the beginning, uh, decided that we would do that after we got started rather than doing it at the very beginning. So the bulk of that fundraise is focused on being able to purchase shell companies and, and then capitalize them. In the commercial line space, ratings from AMBEST matters, especially if you're going to distribute through the agency channel as well as some of these larger channel, relation, uh, channel partnerships and payroll companies. So we'll, we'll need more capital than maybe some of our other InsureTech brethren on a sort of relative to premium basis in order to achieve those ratings. But we'll be announcing uh, here in 2021 shell purchases that we'll be making, capitalization, and we'll start taking our own risk, uh, kind of eating our own cooking, if it were. Um, and that's an important piece. We're also, you know, growing the business overall. We've been well capitalized uh, just sort of from a growth and business building standpoint, um, we're working on a, a additional funding uh, for that. Speaking of COVID, did COVID get in your way? May was learning to navigate our way th- around and through COVID, or was it just a distraction? Several of the other companies we've talked to who have raised during COVID, it was um, a, it was more of a distraction than it was a problem. Yeah, I wouldn't say that COVID was a problem in that it put the company now, in hindsight, it didn't put the company in peril or risk. It could have, right? If the capital markets had changed directions, if the sort of job losses had continued aggressively and we'd gone into sort of a depression level situation, I think we all would have been in different scenarios. We bottomed out in sort of a three-week window, end of April, beginning of May, and we're climbing uh, pretty strongly ever since. And towards the end of the year, we're hitting our monthly and quarterly numbers that we had projected we would be hitting in those time periods before COVID. So we sort of got all the growth back and all the trajectory, but it did cause, you know, a dip for many folks sort of in that initial significant shutdown period. Sure, because I see that you guys cater towards certain lines of business or certain industries that would be COVID affected, like beauty shops and salons, as an example. Almost every small business has been impacted, right? That you know, the small businesses aren't the makers of Zoom and 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 so forth and, and Amazon, right? So it's hard to remember and recognize and and believe that you've got the the reality of when the stock market's going through the roof that small businesses really are struggling, but they really are, uh, and on a macro level. Um, and our retention rates have gone up during COVID. You know, we think we're sort of taking even more share inside a COVID world again, because the value that we deliver to small businesses is actually even more relevant now. If I can add to that from, you know, our customer's perspective, when many of them had to suddenly release employees or furlough employees, you know, survival was, was top of mind for them. We took an approach that uh, was probably counter to what many companies would do and have done. We reached out to all our clients, every single one, and asked them how we could help. And I think by doing that, in many cases, we would take payrolls down to $1 just so they would continue coverage at a, almost no premium because it, you need to continue coverage, even though everybody knows COVID is happening, having a lapse in coverage is nonetheless 
not good for your future insurance needs. And so by proactively going out to our customers and trying to work with them, whether it was payment plans or payroll changes, we had a lot of relieved and grateful customers. And I think that has been come back to us uh, with, with retention. I'm interested in the combination of you two guys and how that happened. I mean, you have an, you have an analytics guy, so Dax, I'm assuming you're kind of a data guy by nature. And John, you're an interesting guy. Tell us how you guys got together and tell us that part of the story. The origin of how we got together goes back to a company called White Mountains Insurance Group. Um, so White Mountains owned insurance from buying it out of the dot-com rubble of 2000 and owning it until it was sold to Allstate. So I have known the, the folks that were there for a long time. White Mountains, coincidentally, also was a small investor in Valen. And so they had spun out their reinsurance group called Sirius. And it was folks at Sirius who connected me and Dax because they were already talking with Dax and working with Dax on, on some things related to this. But that's that's the connective tissue of how we got together. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that, but I think it's hilarious you call me a data guy. Um, <laughs> I ran a data company, but uh, John is the data guy. He's, uh, <laughs> he's much more adept with uh, data than I am. I'm much more of a salesperson. That's a great point, Dex. So yes, if you look at our backgrounds, Dax is the data analytics guy and I'm, the, I'm sort of the go-to-market guy. The way we've sort of divided it up at Pi, it's actually a little bit flipping that, right? And so that has built out the ability for us to sort of do all of these different channels. You know, I'm still involved more with our marketing team, but, you know, less on the sales and less on the, the BD side. That's all DAX. But I, I, I love the data analytics, the product build out, the sort of applying third-party data sources into sort of the analysis that we're doing and how are we going to make things easier for our customers, for our agents, and, and get real insight into what data elements are predictive and differentiating in a risk basis. So it's an interesting, great combination. We, we have, there's a strong yin and yang going on. And, and, and to be honest and fair, Please. it is not just the two of us by any stretch of the imagination. Not even close. You know, we have 220 pioneers. That's what we call ourselves um, in the business. We have a tremendous executive team of people with insurance experience, people with high technology, high growth company experience building this out. If it were just the two of us, um, we wouldn't be anywhere close to, to where we are today. Isn't workers comp hard? We work in the PNC world and we're, we're mostly in property insurance is, is primarily the business that we work in every day which we consider very straightforward because we know it so well. But when we look out at workers' comp landscape, gosh, it seems like this crazy, complicated, multi-tiered world. Is that the case? Comp is an interesting line. Um, comp is a scary line to many people. Historically in the insurance industry, people shy away from it. When I first met White Mountains, quote unquote, we hate comp. And it's just because a lot of people had been burned in comp in the 90s. And we, we showed them how, how you could actually do comp well and, and not lose money. And at the end of the day, it's a, it's a casualty line. And so we're dealing with people and injured workers are human beings that get hurt. 
mostly by no fault of their own and, and need help. And so if you, if you approach comp with just a tad bit of empathy, it's actually gratifying and heartbreaking when we hear about people that are, are injured beyond repair or even, you know, die as a result of a workplace injury. You know, it, it affects us. It affects the whole company. Yeah. That's tough. So that part of it is, is sad, but, um, you know, our people know that we're, we're helping these injured workers put their lives back together and, and that's gratifying. But as a, as a business with analytics, comp can be a very good business. Yeah. Digitally quoting workers' compensation is actually dramatically easier than digitally quoting auto insurance. Auto insurance has multiple coverages. It has vehicles. It has drivers. It has all this stuff. The difference is the data ecosystem for auto insurance is so developed that you can actually just take a few pieces of information and pull all kinds of structured data in to fill out all of the stuff. And then you have those algorithmic systems to give the BI coverage, to give the property damage coverage, to give the collision and the comprehensive coverage exact prices. Workers' compensation is actually pretty simple. It's like one primary coverage and one very tertiary coverage. You need class, geography, payroll, claim history. That's it, right? Then you have to allocate class across uh, payroll across classes for multi-class policies. You have to deal with owner exclusions and some other sort of things off to the side. The key challenge at the beginning of the process is properly classifying the business. So that's hard. And then the other hard thing about workers' compensation is it's, it's very reporting heavy because of the bureau system and, and things like that. So there's a lot of data that has to be passed back into the rating bureaus and so forth. And then the claims are actually quite complicated. The claim infrastructure and dealing with the injured workers, as Dax said, and getting them back on their feet, uh, that is complicated. Um, but the overall sort of front end of the process, uh, there are a few very challenging parts of it. But overall, it's very solvable with technology and with appropriate analytics. I've heard or understand that fraud is a big issue that you have in comp. It's understandable how it could happen and why. But does your technology help you flag specific cases that are of concern? I mean, how do you, how do you keep track of that? It seems like um, we like we always hear stories about the guy who has a bad back and supposedly can't get out of bed. And then they send somebody to the house and they watch him and he's out mowing the lawn. Talk about that for a minute. Fraud is a part of insurance. It's actually not as big a part of insurance as a lot of people think. And frankly, a lot of insurance company people think like the percentage of people who are committing fraud is dramatically, dramatically lower than the percentage of people who are not committing fraud, right? So it's important to remember that, you know, most of what we pay out in claims is for genuine accidents and for genuine loss that it is our responsibility to put people back uh, in the position where they were before. That That is fundamentally what insurance is providing. However, I think combating fraud and, and targeting and tracking it is incredibly important because if you don't, then you are just allowing leakage in your overall system and you have to raise your prices on everybody else. And it's just, you're, you're sort of have challenges in the system that end up costing everybody else too much money. So we leverage a, uh, a TPA for our claims today because workers' compensation claims are very complex and we expanded nationally very quickly. 
So we use Corvell Corporation. They're a specialist work comp, TPA, excellent company, great partner from the beginning. And we work closely with them, our internal claims team, as well as them to do exactly what you say. I, I, I see these come across my desk on a not irregular basis, I will say, of, of those investigations and of the outcomes of those investigations. It's a reality that you have to deal with, and it's important to deal with it so that you aren't leaking money out of your system, basically, and, and, and you can maintain as competitive prices as possible for the great majority of customers. From a technology standpoint of identifying that, I think there is that's something that Corvell is actively doing and leveraging inside their overall system. So we benefit from that since they are a much larger, they, they see a lot more claim activity than, than we do individually at Pi. And that's a future, applying technology into the overall claim process is absolutely a value generator into the future for Pi. As we come to an end here, I'm just curious, what can we look forward to seeing from Pi Insurance in the next 12 months? Is there anything on the roadmap you can discuss? Or is it the same old, same old, just moving forward as as hard as we can? We have some really exciting things that are going to be happening in 2021. Distribution expansion, starting to take our own risk, looking to continue to serve the needs of our customers in, in sort of broadening and expanding ways than we are today. And just continuing to grow our relationships with our agency partners, doing more and more on the direct side and continuing to grow and deliver value. I'm incredibly enthusiastic and excited about uh, what 2021 holds. I think we've got the rest of this kind of deep, dark winter to get through. I believe the vaccine rollouts are going to be, you know, picking up pace. I think the economy, I'm not sure where the, I'm not going to prognosticate on the stock market, but, you know, (laughs) I think the economy is going to get stimulus. It's going to get reopening support and so forth. And I'm excited and enthusiastic about what that means for our core customers as small business owners. Yeah, I would just add real quick from a technology standpoint, we're not even close to done. We are investing heavily in automation and just making doing business with Pi super easy. Our customers and our partners will see a lot of benefits to that over 2021. I mean, when you think about Pi in 2021, it's really about automation and making it easier to do business than it is today. Well, we are really appreciative that you guys were with us today and that we got to hear the pie story. We got a slice of pie, you might say. Today. <laughs> sure, I'm the first person who's ever used pie that. Pie puns right? are all over the place. We yeah. love pie puns. Pioneers. And we're really grateful and wish you guys the best. There's so much buzz about you guys, and now we can understand why. And we'd love to have you back on sometime. You know, we do business with insurance and would love to talk about the insurance story sometime but we'll save that for the uh, next episode. We thank you guys and wish you all the best. Thanks again for being with us. Thank you all so much. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. It's very interesting to me how these companies come together, how alumni of different backgrounds and different companies end up together and create something really interesting and new and important like Pi. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I thought that Dax and John were very interesting. One seemed to come from the analytical side, one from the marketing and finance side, and then to find out that in this new venture, they've kind of switched roles. 
mm-hmm. and they found their own way in how to make this new company work. It's interesting to to think about where they've been and what they learned and how they're making their product even better now for future generations. But it's interesting when you combine these people who have an entrepreneurial spirit with insurance background and know-how and you enable that, you know, you mix in a liberal amount of technology and, you know, new world thinking. And it's, you could see how the insurance industry is really going to get disrupted. I agree. I mean, we're seeing it all the time with all sorts of different companies and Pi is right there with them. Perfect example. Like they said, the, the, the data points that they need are few, even though like for you or I, when we look at workers comp, it's this complicated, antiquated world. It was interesting his comparison like to auto insurance that auto insurance has many more variables involved. Right. As opposed to comp. Interesting. Great stuff. Very interesting. Very. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a great interview. I enjoyed talking to him. And I look forward to talking to those guys again in the future. Definitely. We'll have to have them back on for we'll call that episode a la mode. A la mode. I like that. Isn't a la mode pie with ice cream on top? That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. Winner. Oh, I, and I love that. You know what else I like? I like apple pie with a slice of cheese on it. That sounds awful. Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful. Is, is that a thing? It's, People do it, that? Oh, totally. Completely. Like a mm-hmm. slice of good cheddar cheese on top. Melted, you know, or warmed. I've never heard of that, ever. We thank Dax and John for being with us. Great to meet them and hear all about pie and look forward to great things from them. We thank you guys for being with us as always. And uh, we'll say goodbye, everybody.